Hello, friends, and welcome to Armchair Theology. Alongside Ross Furio, I am Clay Farrington, and this is a different kind of episode. It is a different kind of episode. It's actually a very different kind of episode. Very different. It was a lot of fun, though. Ross and I were invited to speak at the North Georgia Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church, their Academy for Leadership and Innovation, this week. And we gave a a little talk about how to put together a podcast and some of the things that we've learned. Yeah, they invited us to kind of come and share our story. And and specifically that day, the topic was how to do meaningful ministry in digital spaces. So we talked about our mission, which is to help folks engage with scripture in a meaningful way and how we're trying to do our best to to live that out and do that, that specific ministry through an online platform, which is this podcast. Right. And the way that we finished that seminar, that time block that they gave us was to invite up three volunteers, which happened to be three pastors in the North Georgia conference, have the rest of the people there crowdsource a topic for a podcast, and Mm -hmm. then have these three folks sit down using our equipment and record a podcast pretty much on the spot. I mean, I think they had maybe five minutes to prep with one another before we hit record. That's being generous. It was very, very little prep and they just threw it together in an amazing fashion. Oh, it's so good. So we got their permission to just go ahead and push it uh, on our platform because we wanted you to hear this and we also wanted them to be able to to point to it as, as an academy and say, right. look, here's something that we were able to produce, you know, as right. we seek to do meaningful ministry in digital spaces. Yeah. If you're interested in having us come give a similar talk to your group, just let us know. We'd, we love doing this kind That's of right. thing. That's right. Well, without further ado, I give to you existential angst with Calissa Dauterman, Kalen Short, and Tony Phillips. Take it away. Hey friends, welcome to Existential Angst, another episode (laughs) of your favorite emotion fueled by guilt and anxiety. I'm Calissa Dodderman, one of the co-hosts I'm here with. And I'm Kaylin Short. And Tony Phillips. And today we are here to talk about some things that people think are in scripture, uh, but are not. And today we are going to talk about all things happen for a reason. I don't know about you guys, but I've heard this more times than I can count over the years, uh, and I can uh, not count all of the problems that there are with this uh, idea as well. So what do you guys think about all things happen for a reason? Well, I think the first question I have is, have either of you ever heard this and actually felt better? (laughs) No. Actually, I think I've had um, people use this phrase to try and console me personally um, after like really difficult things have happened, like the death of a parent or uh, job loss, divorce, mm-hmm. uh, really difficult life situations. And they say something like that. All things happen for a reason. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, I think some of that is that we do not get a particularly good training on how to walk with people in the midst of suffering and grief, right? So like the immediate idea is that, 
oh, I got to say something. I, I don't know what to say. Let me give you this pat answer that I have heard. Um, yeah. But I think it's probably like notably unhelpful in most cases. Kaylin, have you had experiences with that? Yeah, so we were talking off pod just a little bit ago, right, about uh, all of these other sayings that are just like this, right, that uh, God needs another angel or God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, and these are all sort of born from the same root thing, right, which is that around grief, we just don't know what to say. And so we resort to really cliche things that often hurt more than they help, right, where uh in that moment, we should probably be present and maybe say less, uh, but instead we just reach for these these platitudes. But as far as the actual like saying itself, what what are the the theological issues that we identify right with? All things happen for a reason. What are the problems with that saying itself? Uh, well, one big problem is I would call it like gut punch theology. <laughs> so it it actually makes you feel. Uh, it can make you feel significantly worse. Uh, it can damage the way that you that you see God um, and the way that you see God at work in your life. There's a particular scripture that I think people lean on for this type of theology. It's Romans 8.28. So it says, NIV version says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So a lot of times people lean on that scripture as a um, a misguided way of saying the things that we're talking about. So here's what I've been thinking about. I am not entirely sure that this is a misguided theological concept at its core. I think it is frequently misapplied, right? So... Yeah, I think this comes from a desire to make meaning from the difficult things that we experience, which is an incredibly important human skill that yes. we all need to we all need to have. And if you do in fact believe in a sovereign omnipotent God, right? Then then yeah, you have to attribute a certain amount of agency somewhere um, in this in this experience, but I think where we really run into troubles, people want to throw everything happens for a reason at you the second something awful happens. And I don't know, like when my husband left me, I didn't really want to hear that that was because of God's plan or because like, well, it's going to be better. It's like, I'm sorry, that's not helpful now. Maybe we can talk about this in a couple of years, but like that meaning is not apparent to me. And you telling me that there is meaning isn't going to increase my ability to cope with an issue, to work through an issue. Um, or to have greater faith in God. I mean, this is where the kind of notion of Christ's human nature, Christ's ability to suffer alongside me is way more important than the idea that, like, God might be getting some, you know, long-term gratification from my pain, you know? And and that's, uh, I think, one of the biggest things, right, is this idea that um, – we place blame at God's feet for what's happening. And as a result, right, what we do is then we tell people that this terrible thing that is happening to you isn't actually terrible, right? That it's good in some way. When what we actually need to do is probably say, hey, God suffers in this with you. Uh, and God mourns with you. God cries with you. And uh, your suffering is is real, right? What I say to a lot of folks that I know in place of this 
is something that's similar, but at least to me is important enough that it's different, where I will say that, yes, I do believe that God can make the best possible good out of a terrible situation, but that's not the same thing as saying that God is the one who made this terrible thing happen in the first place. That's a fantastic point. So to sort of to build on that concept, that idea, so I was talking to a lacrosse team the other day, so I help, I help coach a lacrosse team. And what I was, uh, like, our word for the day was perseverance. And what I was trying to help them understand is that the difficult times that we go through as a team can actually make us better down the road. And, you know, we were sharing times when um, the, the team in, in past years had lost games, but those games that we lost, the things that we learned – uh, actually helped us in the end win the championship that we desired. So I think it's interesting that like these difficult things that happen to us in our lives, and I, I would imagine that we've had experiences where these difficult things, um, as we worked, as God suffered through it with us and guided us through it, uh, produced some potentially uh, powerful uh, burst some powerful things in our life that maybe wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had this difficult experience. But yet and still, that doesn't mean that God caused it, and it doesn't mean that that's the right thing to say when you have something staring you in the face that is incredibly painful. Absolutely. Um, we kind of came to this topic thinking about things that people frequently kind of trot out as scriptural concepts that are not scriptural concepts. I'm wondering if you all think that that makes a difference. Um, Like, because this is not in scripture, does it still bear less weight for our communities of faith? Or um, does it kind of have... Does the concept of everything happening for a reason have enough cultural cachet and cultural weight that this is something we're going to just be dealing with for a long time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it carries a lot of weight because people do think that it's in Scripture, right? So I think that people give it the weight that they give to things that are in Scripture because they believe that it is so. So I think having conversations like this where we reveal that, hey, there may be something that's akin to that in Scripture, but, but not that same potentially damaging theology is, is really critical because by bringing it to the forefront or the only way that people are going to be able to kind of get past it and move beyond it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, as people digest sayings in ways that are unhealthy, um, it can lead to some really negative responses um, because they hold it as truth. And I think that's the, one of the beautiful things about being um, in a pastoral role is that you have the opportunity to help people uh, to uncover truth and things that people can stand on, things that people can live by. And I think that's sort of power, part of the power of, of uh you know, of the Bible, of God's word. And one thing to Tony's point that I would point out is so often when I hear this uh, sort of thing, it happens when 
it's someone who clearly hasn't experienced suffering in the same way that the person who is going through it in that moment has experienced it, right? Like I have witnessed times where people who have lost a child at any stage of their life speak about how that is the most painful grief that you can experience in life. And other people come along and they say something, they just throw something out, like all things happen for a reason. But then others who have also experienced a similar suffering of losing a child don't ever say that, right? Because they have that same experience with feeling those words ring hollow. And so I think so often, right, it comes from a place of of not having examined, not having dove into uh, that that actual wrestling with this statement. You know, Kaylin, I think it's... That actually strikes me as really funny because I was literally having a conversation with another clergy colleague about kind of similar ideas about a week ago. And one of the things that she was saying to me is that um, like the exact opposite thing kind of happens to her sometimes where, you know, she'll have like very well-meaning church ladies come up to her and be like, you know, everything's going to turn out okay. Like everything's going to be all right. And the reality of the situation is that that is probably true. Um, And these nice old church ladies have seen enough of life that they know that to be true. Yeah. But like my search for meaning, my experience of reckoning with whatever this tragedy or this pain that I'm dealing with is, is not going to be there for quite some time. Um, so while, you know, that is, that might be a truth that we know, um, but sometimes we're not always ready to hear those truths. Yeah. I'll give a big shout out to all the Stephen ministers in the house. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so like, I have to say, so I sat through a day of Stephen ministry training and um, I was, I really learned the ministry of presence mm. in that time. And uh, that has got to be one of the most powerful uh, lessons that I've learned in ministry in terms of care, pastoral care is how powerful a ministry of presence can be. Just sitting with someone, not having to comment on their situation, but just being present and uh, and caring in nature in that time. And, um, you know, my mother is one of those church ladies. And I was like, Mom, you need to go to Stephen ministry training because that response you just gave me, sucked (laughs) and you're my mom come on but yeah today's podcast brought to you by steven's ministry embracing the power of presence okay well i think we've had a really fruitful conversation about the um the idea that everything happens for a reason how that might not be total bs but we're not quite sure where it fits, and we certainly know it didn't come from the Bible. Um, Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We hope that you will join us next time with a little bit more of your existential angst. (laughs) 